Welcome to Kids and Their Dog, a Scooby-Doo movie review and recap podcast. I am your Hanna-Barbera talking animal Cassidy, and my pronouns are she, her. I'm Lava, they, them. And it's Scooby-Doo's birthday at the time of recording this. Yay! What an old dog. A very good old dog. So, I saw the number 213 dog ears. <laughs> That's a lot of that's a lot of years. That's a lot of dog. <laughs> Fit a lot of dog in this podcast. Yep. And there's a lot of dog to come. Mm, yep. I think let's go over some of the news stuff before we answer the listener questions. It feels weird to just jump right into it because I'm so used to having to do guest questions. <laughs> um so, Lava, if you'll jump into one of our other group chats, I posted some of the sneak peek leaks of what the characters look like in the next feature theatrical film. The one starring oh, Zac wow. Efron. Oh, wow. Oh, we- uh, mm, Fred! Fred, no! Hmm. So, we have the characters of Fred, Vilma... And Shaggy, we've already seen what Scooby-Doo looks like, and I have not seen Daphne anywhere. Um, so let's uh, let's start with Fred. Fred's face is a rectangle, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to say that's a bad thing, because if you look at the character design of Fred, mm-hmm. his head is a rectangle. Mm-hmm. He's always had a lot of chin. I guess, yeah. My favorite thing was, like, before I ever watched Mystery Incorporated, on Netflix, it would cycle through a few pictures, um, like when you hovered over something, instead of just playing part of the first episode at you without your you saying to do that, please. Um, and one of the pictures it would show is a picture of Fred, and literally 50% of his face was his chin. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that's, it- like, one of the best versions of the show. <laughs> I think what it is, it might be the eyes. There's just something about the combination that I'm looking at that it's like, hmm, that's a lot of Fred. Yeah, I'm going to send you this picture from Mystery Incorporated. Okay. That's a man whose face is 50% chin. Yes, 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 indeed. That, yeah. I think the difference is that it's not like tapered in the same way. Yeah. Um, in Mystery Incorporated, it does sort of taper as it gets mm-hmm. lower down, but not like a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Whereas this, this is like a bar of soap put some hair on. Yeah. Yeah. And the eyes are a little big. Uh, Velma is very cute. Yes. Velma is like, Velma is three degrees removed away from Sombra Overwatch. <laughs> like, it's that kind of energy. Yeah. You say that, and I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, I can see it. Like, if this was, I think if you see a full poster that's just Velma in, like, the portrait style, there's a 90% chance that Velma's going to be making the DreamWorks face. Oh, God, yeah, you're right. But overall, like, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to point out that Velma, as far as we can tell, has the original outfit, maybe with a little bit longer sleeves. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point like where you only see fingers, which is fun. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Fred, however, is like what Fred looked like in what was that? The Mystery Begins, mm-hmm. or actually even the live action film. Um, it has like a white sports jacket with like a blue collar on it, and then is wearing a white T-shirt that has an orange collar. Mm-hmm. No ascot, but also. Ascots were only like popular for a few months when Scooby Doo was originally made. <laughs> Fifty years ago. Yes. Um, and finally we have Shaggy. Shaggy looks like Shaggy. They pretty much nailed it. Yeah. Um, he's got similar to with Mystery Begins, has like the long sleeve shirt underneath a green V neck. Mm-hmm. I actually almost didn't notice that because of the white background of the poster. Yeah, it's subtle, except for like the fact that it's like a little bit rolled up. Mm-hmm. Not bad. Yeah, I mean, it looks like sh- Shaggy. Or looks like Scooby's going to come to about Shaggy's shoulders, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's a big dog. Big dog. The problem is, I look at this face and then I think, "Oh, that's right. That's going to be Will Arnett." <laughs> And I get a little bit upset. Aww. Other news for the 50th anniversary is that they made a $90 Blu-ray set of the entire series of Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Wow. It's shaped like a haunted mansion. <laughs> it comes with an encyclopedia of Scooby-Doo, which you can buy separately for like 10 bucks. Um, a keychain Funko Pop of Scooby holding like a hot dog or something. Um, and then, you know, some other stuff. Like there's some special features on there, including like some interviews with the original cast and crew. Um, you know, stuff like how did you end up coming up with these voices for these characters because they've become so iconic and stuff like that. Um, mm. and also a trailer for the, and you'll have heard of this if you've been listening to this show at all lately, <laughs> the theatrical play of Scooby Doo in the City of Gulls. <laughs> They're putting a trailer of that on this Blu-ray set. Amazing. Which means I can't wait for, like, next episode we record where I can find it on YouTube and tell people about it. Yes. Uh, I think that's pretty much it as far as the anniversary stuff goes. The first season of Scooby-Doo and Guess Who is almost over. There's only one episode left, and that will be out by the time this episode goes up, and that episode is the Batman episode. Nice. Um, as someone who's watched everything so far, it's all right. Um, some of the episodes are hit or miss. The Keenan Thompson episode? Not good. Mm-hmm. Like, Keenan Thompson doesn't feel like Keenan Thompson. Weird. It feels like a parody of Keenan Thompson. It feels like someone was making fun of Keenan Thompson and then forced Keenan Thompson to act out that way. Aww. Um, the Weird Al episode was pretty fun i did see a screen cap of that it it looks like weird al yeah i mean and technically that basically means mm, that what was that disney show that was voiced by weird al murphy's law oh 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 yes milo murphy's law yeah that's basically canon to scooby-doo now (laughs) Congratulations. <laughs> um, yeah, that's all of the anniversary stuff. 
And before this comes out, it will have also been Scrappy-Doo's birthday on the 22nd. Happy birthday, Scrappy-Doo. Happy birthday, Scrappy-Doo. No one's going to say happy birthday to Scrappy-Doo. Scrappy-Doo's not going to get a box set. No, he won't. And it's a shame. Yeah. You're not going to be able to buy a three. (laughs) You're not going to be able to buy a box set of anything that Scrappy-Doo's in, but you will be able to buy a three DVD set of three different Freaky Friday films. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, um, so let's move on to questions from our listeners. If you're a listener and you'd like to send us questions, you can send them to at kidsandtheirdog on Twitter. We always put out a post at least a day or two before we record to remind people. And if boy, we do we have some questions. I mean, I always put it out at least one day before. Uh, yeah. I know I forget. Like I'll forget entirely until the day before we record and go like, oh, snap. Yeah. All right. So our first set of questions comes from Janine at Janine Juliet. Were welcome mats created by vampires to subvert, to subvert invitation? Yes, yeah. but only if they say welcome. If yes. they're one of the joke ones, it's failed. Can a Bigfoot be a vampire yes <laughs> i would yeah i want to say yes i think you could also make a werewolf a vampire mm-hmm. um, it's a question as like far as anything that's less human than either of those mm-hmm. um but also banicula exists and mm-hmm. is a rabbit that's a vampire so i think maybe it's fair game that anything can be a vampire yeah unless it's like a situation where they're both curses and they cancel each other out, in which case maybe the solution to vampirism or lichen three, I can't say the word, are just get one of the other curses. I think the only thing that can't become a vampire is other undead things. I don't think you can have a vampire ghost and I don't think you can have a vampire mummy. I would, okay, I I would say that a ghost can't become a vampire, but a vampire can become a ghost. Yes, but I think at that point they lose most of their vampiric abilities. Yes. It's like one ability would overpower the other. Okay, who would win between (laughs) Crocodile, Dundee, and Dracula? Now, hold on, I need to do some brief research on Crocodile, Dundee. I know... I think that's the guy who says that's not a knife. This is a knife. Yeah. Yeah, Crocodile Dundee was slightly before uh, my time. I knew of him, but never actually watched anything. I need to know if he uses anything other than knives, because if he only uses knives, then he loses. And I don't know how I'm going to find out this information. The only thing I can find out is that like one of the first Google results is a article about how Crocodile Dundee was sexist, racist, and homophobic. Oh, I'm not surprised. <laughs> but then there's the Google audience reviews, and one of the first one starts with, Wow, first off, let me tell you how honored I am to be the first person to review this here cinematic masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes. If all you got is knives, you're not going to win against a vampire. 
All right. Uh, next question. Can Nessie be a vampire? Yes. Next question. <laughs> Who would be in the Hanna-Barbera Music Festival? How would it go? Um, it's most of Hanna-Barbera, because I think most Hanna-Barbera characters have played an instrument. Yeah. I think it would go poorly because it would suddenly become an event where Dick Dastardly or maybe some other villain <laughs> tries to do a thing that cheats. Uh-huh. And then there's a whole thing where people have to band together to defeat them. And then at the end, everybody's happy. So it'll be like a Scooby-Doo episode, but with more characters. Perfect. Can Scooby be a vampire? Yes. Mm, okay. Yeah, okay. I mean, I guess granted, by the definition we've set already, the answer yes. is yes, but my heart says no. I think, man, that's a, that's a lot of angst material going into that. Because didn't we have a movie where, uh, I think it was Shaggy thought he became a vampire? Uh, yes, that was Music of the Vampire. Yes! And he was devastated? Mm-hmm. I, uh. I would say for, um... That kind of heartfelt uh, situation, yes, absolutely, but everything would go back to normal by the end of the, the movie. Yes. Scooby or they just would never like... bring it up again. Yeah. Scooby-Doo would eat, like, a bunch of garlic and then stop being a vampire. <laughs> yep. Uh, okay. That was the last Janine question, so moving on to Brendan at Sonata Waves. The Hex Girls versus the Misfits from Gem, which band is more punk? Hmm. So the answer is the Misfits is more punk, are more punk. That's mm-hmm. the correct answer, both from aesthetics and music in general. Mm-hmm. Um, the Hex Girls are like... Late 90s, early knots. Yeah, they... What do they describe themselves as? Let me look it up. Because they don't Eco-friendly really... Eco-friendly dis- goths? Yeah, they don't really call themselves punk uh yeah eco goth rock band band. yes eco goths yeah they have a they have a song called earth wind fire and air yeah um which is to say earth wind fire and then wind again (laughs) yeah i mean Gosh, my avatar-centered uh, mindset is like, where's water in this list? Hex girls, come on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's an easy answer for the Misfits being more punk. Mm-hmm. I still think the Hex girls would probably beat them in a battle of the bands. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who could play... Oh, these next set of questions are from Tanner at Sparky Upstart, and Tanner asks... Who could play the sexiest Dracula who has not yet played Dracula? I I am terrible with this kind of thing. Uh same? Uh I don't know literally anyone ever. Cole Sprouse. <laughs> <laughs> what if Jughead was a vampire? <laughs> That's all I got. What's a vampire's favorite slushy flavor? I'm going to see if that's like the setup for a joke. I was literally just thinking that. I had a book as a child that was basically jokes like that. Oh, I have the answer here. 
Oh, dear. Nectarine. <laughs> yes. Thank you, jokes.boyslife.org slash jokes slash a vampire. Sorry, a hyphen vampires hyphen favorite hyphen fruit slash. Chris, what's a vampire's favorite fruit? Taylor, I have no idea. Chris, a nectarine. Joke semester. Joke submitted by Christopher F. from Wildwood. Um, Let me see what that's an abbreviation for. Missouri? Missouri. Okay. That answers your question there, Tanner. Uh, They also ask, What's scarier to run into at night, a vampire or a vampire? So the joke here is that vampire doesn't exist. But let me look up vampires. They're like evil transformers or something. Oh my god. I've never seen a vampire with my own eyes. I've never even looked it up. And honestly, looking at these pictures, I don't even understand what I'm looking at. None of these things look like things I can comprehend with my human brain. (laughs) There is, like... Go ahead. Uh, they defend the world from ev- evil anthropomorphic junkyard vans and vehicles by transform, uh, known as vampires, by transforming into robotic anthropomorphic cars, calling themselves the Motorvaders. <laughs> uh, I have what appears to be a screenshot from the opening credits, and there appears to be a character called Van. Hell, but with an apostrophe between E and L, sing. Then he'll sing! As himself. Oh my god. Oh, wow. Tell me, what are the abilities that a vampire has? Dracula! By Jonathan Davis. As Jonathan Davis. Also known as JD, J-Devil, or J-Space-Devil. And Dracula's the, son! The frontman and vocalist of the new metal band Korn. What? Huh. <laughs> huh. Why? Ambula has an electric complex with Dracula playing the role of Agamemnon and Rev playing the role of Clintonestra. Uh, and Dracula's son is named Alucard. Oh, man, that's good. I need... <laughs> From what I can tell, this has nothing to do with Transformers. They're just cars. Uh, let me read some character... Or not some character, the, some episode titles. Oh like my... Unleaded Zeppelin. God. Tailpipes from the Crypt. A Car is Born. <laughs> Revel without a car. Oh. All of these have like who they're written by, except for the last one, which is just called Uncool Fool or like Uncool Fuel, and there's no additional information. Oh my god. In two thousand, the John Entwistle band released Music from Vampires, the as an official album and soundtrack to the series, it was John Entwistle's last solo I- album before his death two years later. Jeez. This is a very... This makes me think of uh, 
reboot. Like the, it looks the like designs. Uh, I, designs. The CGI cartoon series. That kind of look. From the early or late 90s. I found the opening credits and theme song and I am listening to it now. Oh my god. Tanner, why? I'm gonna send this to you. Please. Mysterious meteor crashes into a lonely junkyard. Derelict vans and cars take on human-like <sighs> oh, They suck the gas from innocent, innocent cars. cars oh, interesting. It's part live action. It's like if Power Rangers was reboot, and I don't think I like it. Oh no, that's a human hand that turned into a car key. Oh no, that's bad. <laughs> So get in here. The vampires are here. Next question. I'm not answering it. What are the worst vampire movies? Sorry. What are the worst vampires you've seen in a non-Twilight film? Uh, Twilight vampires are fine. They're fine. They're just like superhuman. They're they just have... dumb because they go to high school and not college. That's the only thing that's really bad about them. Like, they have some superhuman strength and agility, and then they don't even die when the sun comes out. Like, they're the better vampire than any other vampire that exists because they, because they have removed their only weakness. <laughs> uh, um, um, the worst vampires I've seen. Um, let me just Google... Cartoon vampires. Um, first thing I'm thinking of is the vampire Dracula man from Duck Dodgers. I think his name might even have been Snackula or something. <laughs> um, basically, he just eats gross and unhealthy food and is like, will be killed if he eats anything healthy. And Porky Pig kills him. By feeding him a doppelganger of himself, that being a doppelganger of Porky Pig, made out of tofu. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I have no... Un unfortunately, I have no... Vampire solid... cartoon list by someone on IMDb. First one, unsurprisingly, Scooby-Doo and the Legend of the Vampire. <laughs> There's only six things on this list, and the last one is Hotel Transylvania. How do people feel about Count Duckula? I don't know anything about Count Duckula, but they exist. I, I'm looking at a very bad picture of Count Chocula. Uh, I don't. I don't we... think about vampires a lot. Yeah. Do we have a favorite? Maybe that will. Um, my favorite vampire is the Hex Girls. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Uh, I got nothing. Same. I'm going to move on to the next question. The oh, final wait. question. I know what my Joe favorite Greg. is. It's Bonicula. Bonicula is good. I loved Bonicula as a child. It's great. All right. Um, final question from Tanner. They ask, how long have you been 17? And my answer is... 
Let me Google it so I have the correct answer here. <laughs> wow, four seasons, huh? Anyways, uh, since 2010, because that was the last episode of the Canadian animated sitcom, 16. <laughs> Numerical 16. All one word. <laughs> uh, I was going to say 1976, uh, because that's when Dancing Queen was released. <laughs> I'm glad we have two separate jokes. Yes. <laughs> that's the ideal. Yes. I like I googled that just because of this question. <sighs> As a running gag, Jonesy manages to get fired from a new store in almost every episode. <laughs> this show lasted for four seasons. Oh my god. Um 95 22 minute long episodes including two 1 hour specials. Hey, I want you uh, to know. Uh-huh. Uh vampires one episode involves a T-Rex skeleton that was brought to life by the same meteor that created the vampires and the motivators. Hell yeah. Everything's better with dinosaurs. Thank you, TV tropes. A special reunion PSA titled Vote Dude was released on September 12th, 2018, with the original cast reprising their respective roles to raise awareness for voting in the 2018 midterm elections, though no plans to bring back the show have been announced. Anyways, Anyways. that's everything I'm going to sit here and talk about from the cartoon, sorry, the Canadian animated sitcom, 16. (laughs) (laughs) That one was for you, Tanner. (laughs) I know it's not Degrassi, but. (laughs) All right. um, Last set of questions come from Charlie. Display name, Charlie, hound your own house, Neil, at magical underscore pride. Have you ever wanted to go to Australia? Not really. Not really. I have people, like, I know people who are within my family who have been to Australia and they've brought stuff back. But, like, that's it. Yeah. I just, the idea, it's not even Australia. It's the plane ride. Mm, I hate being in a plane for too long. Like, five hours is my max Mm -hmm. at this point in my life. And I don't even know how long it would take to get to Australia from where I I am. So it's like, "Mm, no, no. Mm -hmm. Okay, second question from Charlie. If you performed at the concert, what music would you perform? Um, my answer is probably ska. I would pick, like, I don't know, a song by, like, the Aquabats or something. Or maybe um, the Jabberjaw song from Boomerang. The one that's by Pain, which is also another ska band. <laughs> uh, Daft Punk immediately came to mind. Hmm. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, or I would go all the way in, like, just the weirdest possible thing, and somehow perform a, like, a concert version of Fish Heads. (laughs) But, like, mm, probably not great. (laughs) 
better than uh, Scooby and Shaggy's attempt. See, the thing is, they're both pretty good at playing instruments. Yeah, it's just apparently it's they just the break. instruments break. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they're cursed. She also asks, "Do you have a favorite rule or power that vampires have?" vampire rules i had an answer to this earlier today but i don't remember what it was (laughs) i do like the fact that they can just turn into animals see here gods and sorry gods hyphen and hyphen monsters.com is where i am looking at of course this is not a list this is rather like an entire essay (laughs) here i have a uh, link it it's not really Powers, it, but it has a list, list of, of traits. specific traits and uh, specific traits related to those certain ones. Uh, what's really great is that Banicula uh, is adorable to all. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. I was like, yes, yes, indeed. Hmm. Oh, nope, this is appearance, apparently. I misread this whole thing. Whoops. Yeah, and the thing I was reading only listed the only rule as being uh, that they can't enter places uninvited. This includes cars. And that the people can't be turned into vampires without wanting to be turned into vampires. Hmm. I didn't think about cars at all. Yeah, they're basically like anything that you own counts. Yeah. But they could get onto a bus. Could they get into a cab? I think they could. Yeah, I don't think it's actually owned by the person who drives it, so they're probably fine. Um, I like the running water thing, because it never really comes up that often in most uh, fiction. Mm. That's another personal favorite of mine. I feel like I've seen it only like Jackie Chan Adventures, and now this movie oh i'm thinking i just remember that there was a book series that i read mm-hmm. um about a middle to high school vampire um that i do not remember the name of i remember what the covers looked like they were very similar to like vampire versions of itunes ads from that around that same time the ones that are just silhouettes mm. uh there was some stuff where like, oh, basically anyone you draw blood from, can you can sort of access them as a thrall. And sometimes for long distances, you can manipulate your thralls. Hmm. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember there was a scene where it was like, yeah, I made someone fall over from like an entire continent away. <laughs> all right. That's all of our questions, I believe. Yep. I don't see any others. Well, let's dig into it. This month we have watched Scooby-Doo and the Legend of the Vampire. It was released on March 4th, 2003. However, copyright suggests the film was completed in 2002, but because of the live-action film, they postponed its release. Mm, Interesting. Uh, This was Joseph Barbera's first solo animated production without William Hanna, who had died on March 22nd, 2001. Hmm. 
one of two direct-to-DVD movies to feature the original voiced cast aside from Don Messick who had passed in 1997. It was directed by Scott Gerald, produced by Margaret M. Dean and Catherine Page, written by Mark Taraz, starring the voice acting talent of Frank Welker as Scooby-Doo and Fred, Casey Kasem as Shaggy, Nicole Yaffe as Velma, Heather North as Daphne, Phil Lamar as Daniel Illawarra and King. I don't think, did their last names ever actually come up? Yes, um, they uh, addressed Malcolm by his last name Ah, at first. Okay. Uh, Jeff Bennett as Jasper Ridgeway and Jack. Kevin Michael Richardson as Malcolm Illawarra, the Yowie Yahoo, and the Crocodile. Jennifer Hale as Thorn and Queen. Jane Weedlin as Dusk, Kimberly Brooks as Luna, Michael Neal as Russell, Dark Skull, and Matt Marvelous, <laughs> Tom Kenny as Harry, Stormy Weathers, Barry, and Lightning Strikes, <laughs> and Crystal Harris went uncredited as the singing voice of Velma. Hmm. Now, before we begin, I believe you had some opinion on the voice acting in this film it it was very odd as like i'm not i wasn't familiar with the sound of daphne's voice and in the very beginning she unfortunately doesn't talk very much so every time i heard it i was like wait who just spoke because i I look away from the, the screen every once in a while so she would say something and i would look up and i was like wait was that daphne speaking just now and i'd have to back up so it was very odd. Mm-hmm. It is weird, because I'm looking at it, I was like, oh, maybe she was just, uh... Maybe she was just Daphne in the original. No, she wasn't even in, like, the beginning as Daphne. She only showed up for eight episodes of season two. Huh. Of Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Weird. Um, but then did the Scooby-Doo movies, and the Scooby-Doo Dynamite Hour, and the Scooby-Doo show, and was in Captain Caveman and the Teen Angels. Um, did Scooby Goes Hollywood? That film. Huh. And yeah. then also, you know, stuff like The 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo, the Scooby-Doo episode of Johnny Bravo, huh. and then this film, and then Monster of Mexico, which is the other film to feature as much of the original voice cast as they could. Wild. That just didn't sound familiar, I guess. Yeah. It did seem a little bit odd just because we've listened because most of the movies that we have watched at this point have just been like great a while. Yeah. And I'm not I wasn't very familiar with any of the original stuff and apparently mm. not anything else either. Good god. <sighs> Let's see here. Um but yeah, I guess if that's all the stuff we're going to talk about before the movie itself begins, we open on a Wiley Coyote set. Yeah, I thought that too. We see Daniel setting up a concert, and his grandfather, Malcolm, is not happy. Mm. He's like, oh, no, vampire rock is bad. Don't. It's a bad idea to set up a concert here. Uh, Mm -hmm. Daniel says, everything will be fine. You know. Yeah, the thing you say when things are always going to be fine. Yep. And, uh, 
guitarist Matt Marvelous is doing a sound check. Uh, yes. And I really like the moment is because um, Matt Marvelous has a very soft voice when speaking into the mic and starts out uh, their a guitar solo very quietly and then breaks out into a very loud uh, riff, I guess. Yeah, a, a wailing solo. Yeah. It was pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently Matt is one of the finalists in the contest. Um, and as he's playing this radical riff, a portal opens, summoning a vampire. This is the Yaoi Yahoo. It's very big. It's got very wide eyes. And you know what it reminds me of? Hmm. The Hitotsumi Giant. Mm. If the Hitotsumi Giant was not a Cyclops. Hmm. Let me send you this image. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, a little reminiscent of Nosferatu. Yeah. Of note. Okay, like I was going to get into this later, but we can do it now since I don't know if we're going to call it. A Yahoo, Yahoo, or just call it vampire. I'm. I'll probably call it the Yahoo Yahoo okay. as often as I call it that in my notes. Okay. Uh, I looked this up because I was very curious, and the name if uh, appears to be based off of the Yaramaya Who, which is an actual mythological Aboriginal creature mm-hmm. that has. The only thing that it shares in relation to uh, European-style vampires is the fact that it uh, sucks blood, and it does not have like any other traits. It even I even found a uh, a note where it hunts during the day and sleeps at night. Huh. So it's just they're they're just really talking about a very European-style vampire. It feels like. Yeah, I'm. Curious as to why this film takes place in Australia. Yeah. Nothing. The only thing that comes from it being in Australia is like weird um, stereotyping mm-hmm. and bad dingoes. The dingoes are basically wolves. Whoever designed them thought, looked at a dingo and was like, this is not enough like a wolf, and then just drew a wolf. I think maybe what they were going for is they like wanted to do a vampire movie, but they didn't want to do it in Europe because I think they wanted more of a road trip and like concert vibe to it. Mm-hmm. But it still feels weird that it's Australia. Mm-hmm. It has a lot of um, Australian tourism references. Yeah, they do a lot of like, here's some facts about Australia that may or may not be true. Yeah. Uh, they have a little, uh, later they have a road trip where they- Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, that was interesting. I basically skipped it in my notes, because I was like, hmm, interesting. Yeah, I, Um, you know, was like, uh, here's a couple of things that happen, otherwise, move on. Yeah, so basically, I will probably just call it a vampire, because it's just vampire. Yeah. And also, like, hearing, like, what the original name is supposed to be, this very much sounds like a, hey, we're making fun of you. Yeah, ha ha. That's ha, ha. why I was like, wait a second, what? Because it, yeah. it is slightly different. 
And it's very cartoony sounding in the Scooby-Doo. So Mm -hmm. that was my thought. It sounds like what a Mad Magazine cartoon version of that creature would be. Yeah. Anyways, the vampire shows up and there's some electricity and the underlings are there. They're like regular human size, but with like ghost tails. Mm -hmm. And the electricity grabs Matt and pulls him into the sky and then with a flash, everything disappears. Of note, uh, I think it was in this scene. It was like, we see these uh, lesser vampires, and they are very uh, reminiscent of glam rock. Like, we can just yes. see that already. They're very, uh, very mm-hmm. interestingly designed. Um, I love the fact that, okay, Daniel is just gaping in shock. It's like... What just happened? And Malcolm states that the vampire legend is true. Yep. That's what he says. And then it cuts away. Yep. (laughs) And Um, we see the Comic Sans credits as the ocean is stormy. And there's some fun music. I really love this music. I need to. We need to talk about the music in this film. Um, It is like a remixed versions of the original background music from scooby-doo where are you like the stuff written by ted nichols yes um the thing about this is throughout that i was like oh yeah it's this song that's kind of a jam and then by the end of the film i'm like they only use like the same three songs huh yes yes i'm so glad that you noticed it i don't notice that kind of stuff at all it's just background noise but after like halfway through the movie i'm like Oh my gosh, this is so boring. And it wasn't necessarily because it was bad dialogue. It partly was. It was just monotonous. And I didn't realize it until I had to rewatch the film because I didn't take notes during the first attempt. Is because it's the same music every time. Yeah, and I think the reason behind that is like the original cartoon, it's only 22 minutes. Yeah. If that. It's like, okay. Mm-hmm. And they had to fill it in. Yeah, we only need enough music for that. And then they just like, okay, we're going to use that music, but new. But that means we only much. have this one song to spread across an hour and 12 minutes. Yeah. It, honestly, there were parts of this movie where the music made me feel like I was watching um, the Boo Brothers. Mm, okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's around that time yeah. of, like, this is the music we have, the Ted Nichols stuff. Yeah, it was very weird. And I'm so glad you mentioned it, because I, I didn't know. Also, we get a really deep dig into the Hanna-Barbera sound effects library, huh? <laughs> yes. Literally everything is like, hey, welcome to the 60s. Yeah. This uh... A lot. Um, but in any case, the title sequence has a, um, I'm going to say this wrong, didgeridoo in the background of the, oh, does of it? the music. Yes. Is that what that was? Okay. I yes. was like, oh, this is it, fun. It's a very particular sound um, that is Aboriginal from, from Australia. And I didn't realize this movie was set in Australia. 
until I heard the sequence, the, the, the music in the title sequence. And I was like, wait a second. Is that what I think it is? And then two scenes later, Velma says, oh, yes, Sydney, Australia. And I'm like, yo, what? So it was neat. And then I'm we sorry, never I hear just, it again. I just learned that there's a yet another because, OK, it's behind the scenes. Um, for several years now, I've had a bookmark on my computer for a website called sound-ideas.com that is selling um, a four-disc set of Hanna-Barbera sound effects, the Hanna-Barbera sound effect library. Uh, normally, it's $500. Currently, it's on sale for 250 So if people want to go over to patreon.com slash kids and their dog. Um, but I did just learn that there is a new disc called the Hanna-Barbera Lost Treasures Sound Effect Library. Oh, no. And that's one CD of 350 priceless cartoon sounds. Oh, wow. For $65 currently, normally $129. Not, not bad. You can either get it on CD or from download. Is this that website that uh, you listened to or found when I was working on some kind of project for school? Uh, maybe. Gosh. Okay, no, this is a different website. I just... Oh, no, I remember which one you're talking about yes. now. You're thinking of the theme park one. Yeah. That I haven't been able to find ever again. Oh, no! That's so sad. It's because I, rem- I just have that memory of I was agonizing through a project, and you just went on this website for hours next to me while I worked on this project. <sighs> Losing my mind because I found audio from the <laughs> Disney World tram system where they said the stuff in Spanish because I love hearing that. <laughs> <sighs> oh, so yeah, uh, the gang is on a cruise ship. Yes, um, we're there and there's an early 2000s rock cover of the original theme. Mm-hmm. And we are- um, They play the very old bat sound effect. Yes, yes, they do. I noticed that. Uh, we're, and these bats are in the middle of the ocean, by the way. Yeah, they come pouring out of a cruise ship. Yes. Uh, we're in Mew Res in a classic Scooby-Doo mystery, Mm -hmm. um, with this remix playing. And there are a lot of imagery nods to the original as well, like the original intro. Like, there's a hand that um, reaches for Daphne while she walks away, stuff like that. Yeah, Fred is, like, in a chair and then falls backwards through a door or something. The gang is currently being chased by a shark man, a seaweed monster, and a pirate ghost. Yep. I also think they're being chased by a sea dragon? I think the sea dragon just exists in the pool, um, and it's there, and Shaggy and Scooby land on it, and then it pops like a balloon and flies around, and it takes out the other monsters for unmasking, and I think it's our quickest opening case yet. Yeah. I think so too. There's not even any dialogue during this part, really. Mm-mm. It's just a thing that happens. Yep, and they end up on possibly a different cruise ship. I, I think it's the, the same one during one. that. See, during that scene, it looks so abandoned and derelict. Well, everybody's hiding. I guess. I don't know. It was. Anyways, they're yeah. Either way, they're relaxing on a cruise ship. Um, you know, Fred and Velma are playing shuffleboard. <laughs> Yes, they are. That thing you do, you know, on a cruise ship? 
Shuffleboard? Yeah. That's just what you do on a cruise ship, right? Shuffleboard and the buffet. Yeah. Um, it's at this point, um, I will say that if you get the DVD version of this film, you will have an audio commentary track performed by Casey Kasem as Shaggy in character, as well as Frank Welker in character as Scooby and Fred. Um, and this is to give you an idea of what the kind of level of joke in this commentary is. Um, during this, we see Daphne. She's in a swimsuit. She's diving off of a diving board. Um, and Fred's like, wow. And Shaggy's like, what? It's just Daphne. And then cut to, uh, the buffet. And Shaggy's like, wow. And Fred's like, what? The ship's buffet. <laughs> yeah. Um, I made a comment. It's like, oh my gosh, can you imagine the package that Scooby and Shaggy would have had to get for it's, this cruise ship? Uh, it's basically included. I think you can get, like, more? I don't actually know. I didn't look this up. It's like... Mm, okay. I have been on one cruise in my entire life. I and have. I remember just sort of being able to sit down and grab food. Yeah. Same. But I don't know. I don't know. I didn't look this up because I was just like, huh. I know that there are like drink packages. That's probably what I was thinking of. But also, I love the idea. Okay, so here's my suggestion of why it's... I know I'm harping on this. This is why I'm like, oh, yes, it's the same cruise ship. Because I love the idea of like a cruise liner being like, hey, uh, we're having some issues with some ghosts. Here, have a free cruise if you fix this for us. And they just... We're being haunted by three different ghosts. <laughs> uh, possibly a fourth one. Uh, fix this for us. And at least 500 bats. Yes. Uh, the sea serpent smugglers. Oh my gosh, are they smuggling the sea serpent? Is the sea serpent real? Oh gosh, I don't know. Because <laughs> we never get an, an, us, an unmasking of the sea serpent. It just existed for a moment. <laughs> uh, so now that I'm thinking about all of those bats being there, I like to imagine <laughs> that they have managed to convert all of Austin, Texas into a cruise ship. <laughs> anyway, so they end up in Australia. Yes. Um, Sydney, Australia. It's vacation time. Velma talks about local food, and instead of being interested, Shaggy and Scooby would rather eat leftovers. What is- what? What? Huh? What? Yeah, that was- I mean, the joke is a doggy bag. That's the joke. The joke is that the doggy bag is like a full seven-course meal. Yes. Um, which they 100% just took from the cruise. Yeah. But he does, like, go on a little bit later about the op- options that he has for food in Australia, but it's a very yeah. odd moment here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they do some sightseeing. You get your loads of possibly true Australia facts. Scooby doesn't like heights, which is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, beach time cookout. They go to the beach. Um, Shaggy and Scooby are surfing, and Fred gets jealous of some dudes talking to Daphne. And there's a shark there. Jabberjaw's ancestor. <laughs> uh, 
the shark yeah it, it lasts a while on the beach yeah. without having to go back in the water yeah and it looks exactly- it does not stand up on its hind tail not yet not yet it'll get there yep. one day one day um, but the shark eats their food because they're having a cookout on the beach and then chases stuff going on. There's Eventually some... it gets, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. There are some antics with a crab. Yeah. So this is where I was like, Shaggy seems like weirdly chill in this movie. Cause like Scooby being afraid of heights and Shaggy's like, oh yeah, that's okay. And stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And just like calmly pulling the crab off of Scooby who's losing his mind. <laughs> Well, he's losing his mind because the crab has pinched his tail. Yeah. And then Shaggy the does lose his mind when the crab pinches his toe. He doesn't really lose his mind as so much as he, like, do the Fred Flintstone, like, oh. oh, no, I just dropped something on my foot. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, then there's a, Shaggy's, uh, they're like, oh, hey, let's go to the Outback. And Shaggy's like, no, it's just a desert. <laughs> It's just a desert. There's nothing. Shaggy, you're on just a beach. Yeah, but just a beach is right next to just a city. <laughs> um, but there's a billboard about a Vampire Rock music festival. Vampire Rock is a fictional landmark. Yes. In case people needed to know. I I, I had to look it up. It is the only reference I could really find is like literally just this movie. Yep. Um, so, but Shaggy and Scooby are eventually convinced because they're like concession stands at a music festival. You'll be able to get all that gross food you like, like chocolate covered corn cobs. Gosh, I bet Shaggy and Scooby really love deep fried food. But they really like that one Twitter account that keeps posting all of the bad food. (laughs) Um, most recently I've seen people see the s'mores corn cob, even though I saw that like a month ago. Um, there was that one where they made like a fried quesadilla into like a cake quesadilla out of, they did some stuff to a barbecue (laughs) chicken. Oh gosh. It went like five steps too far. I think I've seen this actually. Probably. It was like that bigger than before video with the egg, but with food. I'm not sure if anyone, if everyone's seen the bigger than before video with the egg, but it's absolutely amazing. <laughs> they just do like some weird stuff to an egg. It's like, and then they put it next to an original egg and be like, bigger than before. <laughs> There's no purpose to it. They just want to make the egg bigger. There's something about videos that revolve around eggs that is just inherently funny, and I don't know why. There was a a YouTube uh, making of where it's like make it like. The recipes, oh, making uh, chocolate Easter bunnies, and it's literally just smashing eggs into chocolate, and it's it's the I don't know why. Oh, just, how to make how to that make guy. that's what it was. It's just the funniest <laughs> thing that you would watch at two a.m. losing your mind over. <sighs> anyway, oh, yeah, bad food. Anyways, they go. Um, we cut back over to the outback. Um, and we see a man named Russell who's listing stuff about rules to someone who's probably a sleazy music. I wrote music producer. We learned as a music manager. His name is Jasper. Yep. And he's here with a group called the Bad Omens. 
And, okay, so the rule of this concert contest mm-hmm. thing, Festival. the only rule I remember is that I you remember. can't be a signed band. I wrote down all three of them. Okay. Uh, it's for unsigned bands. No one can enter more than once, and the band can only perform for three minutes. Okay. Two of these rules are actually important. The third one is just for rule of threes and for uh, Jasper to complain, saying, oh, no, but my band has, like, a five-minute song. Please bend the their, rules for me. Their best song is five minutes. That's too dang bad. But anyways, apparently something happened last year to a band called Wild Wind. Mm-hmm. And they're just, you know being ominous about whatever happened and they put up a poster of them for some reason Uh, in memoriam the the reason is because they're talking about them and it'll be important later but we see what they look like and it's the glam rock vampires from before only less vampire like they don't have pointy ears or anything but it's the same face paint yeah man imagine a glam rock band that is just vampires oh you mean kiss (laughs) Basically. God, I can't wait till we cover Kiss in the Rock and Roll Mystery. I still can't get over that one video clip that you sent me of, like, what, it's what is the climax? It's so good. I am it's such a excited. good movie. I'm so excited. It It's so good because it means that um, Kiss in the Phantom of the Park is canonical to Scooby-Doo. <laughs> and Kiss, the real-life band, did a song for a fake band called the Ascot Five. <laughs> and it's good too. Oh, yay, yay. I can't wait till we do that movie so that way I can put the Ascot Five in it. Nice. Um so this scene is just basically exposition. Mm-hmm. About the wild wild wind. Uh we cut back to Shaggy and Scooby, uh and well the gang in their van. Because they brought the I have mystery a question machine? for you. Yes. Yes, they did bring the mystery machine because no vacation is complete without the mystery machine. And that's true. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. If we've learned anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but are Scooby and Shaggy playing the game from Cyber Chase? Yes. Yes, 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 they are. They totally are because they're finding Sno- Scooby snacks. And beating levels by finding them. And then there's like the Matrix grid. Yes. I saw that and I was like, yo, references. Yo, references. <laughs> like, actually. This movie content. is the exact middle point of our top two movies. Yeah. Yeah, actually. Yeah, because the hex girls are in here too. The only thing we need is a real ghost. <sighs> uh, but no, this was the first one to happen after the real ghost stuff was happening. Mm hmm. Um. After this, we hit a music montage of the aut- Australian tourist activities that we mentioned before. Yeah, to some very early two thousands music. Yeah. Um. There's a lot of silly animal interactions, and at one point they play rugby. Mm-hmm. I, I almost felt like this um music was meant to be like uh something that would have been part of the the concert because we get another music montage that is the hex girls so it was very Mm -hmm. weird that they didn't actually like have anything 
like feature. You know what? Let me scroll down. I'm gonna get the name of it. Of let's see here, songs we have. Was that Gotta Go or was that Get Away? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I didn't pay attention. I'm terrible with. No, it's Gotta to Go because Get Away Yeah is the Hex Girl song. Yes. Get away, get away, yeah. Ah, uh, yes. All right, so Gotta Go, written by Richard Dickerson. Um, do which band do you think did that? Oh, uh, of don't. the other bands in this film, I don't. Do you think it was Bad Omens? Maybe. Like, it was just a general impression that, oh, this must be from another, like, a band that will feature, but then it never happened. That's what I mean. Let me see. I'm going to hit the button. I'm going to listen to the song real quick. <laughs> Shout out to Victor Rose 23X, who has all of the songs from Scooby-Doo whenever I try to find one. <laughs> um, this isn't definitely isn't the Bad Omens. Yeah. Maybe it was two skinny dudes. It's so hard to say. Maybe it's, it's just they, a generic who have not song. Shown up yet. Yeah, it's very, it's very generic. As Scooby Doo music wants to be. They could have just had the Hex Girls twice. Yeah. Well, no, they couldn't because the Hex Girls hadn't been revealed yet. Oops. That and like, I'm trying to think of a Hex Girl song that would have been good for the goofiness of that montage. I mean, nothing really. Yeah. I mean, there are Hex Girl songs that would fit, but none of them exist in any of the movies. They're only on that one CD. Mm. Uh, anyways, oh, well. uh, as they near Vampire Rock, Velma tells us about the legend of the Yowie Yahoo. Which is like, it's an Australian vampire. And there was a joke earlier where, because even though it's called Vampire Rock, Shaggy's like, who's ever even heard of an Australian vampire? And now they're like, oh no, there's Australian vampires. Yeah. Um, um, but they park as they, I guess, I guess they're there and they're walking now through yeah, a forest. That was really weird. Like, because they have to walk because um, Scooby has to run into or be kind of stalked by the vampire. Uh, yeah. But it's very strange that they park and then walk because it's just yeah, a desert. Yeah, especially... Because later they're going to be camping, and you'd think they would use the uh, mystery machine at least as, like, a bit of an RV. Yeah, because they've definitely done enough... that before. Yeah, in uh, Alien Invaders, everybody was sleeping in the back except for Shaggy and Scoopy who were driving. Mm. Weird. Weird. Uh, um, um, anyways. Yeah, uh, Scooby sees the vampire, or at least, like, some eyes in the background and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Or no, sorry, first they do see the vampire and scooby tries to show it to shaggy and then doesn't see it and then they do see it and then they're spooked and then it's gone but then there's a lot of noise and fred shines his flashlight on some red eyes that just are there yeah there no reaction they aren't even glowing is the thing they don't they don't show up unless you shine the light at them right uh the gang doesn't really react to these eyes uh and they don't really react to the fact that there are dingoes growling around them. Yeah, the dingoes show up and start growling and then the red eyes disappear. And this was just like, hey, we're watching this happen. We're the gang. We're not doing anything. Yeah, it was. it's so long of a sequence, too, it felt like. Because nothing happens except growling and eyes glowing. And that's it. Mm-hmm. It's very odd. 
Yeah. Uh, um, so then we cut to, we hear the Hex Girls. Mm-hmm. Classic song. We hear them. They're there. Yep. They're there. And they they cut out their song that they're playing. And they're like, hey, it's you guys. Which I found kind of cute. It's like, continuity. Um, but yeah, they catch up and they talk about the festival and any strange stuff that's been going on. Like how Matt disappeared and everybody else is leaving. Uh, I find it really interesting. The Hex Girls have seen an actual real life ghost, right? That's a thing that happened? Yeah. They fought a literal witch's ghost. And here they are, like, what do you mean, big and scary, to Shaggy, who is frightened by the big and scary vampire that they just saw? Yeah, it can't be any worse than a three-story turkey. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my god, I forgot that. Uh, See, the thing is, they can't bring it up, because this is at a time period, like, this is sort of like that liminal space that exists in a Scooby-Doo film. Mm Mm-hmm. Where, technically, anything that's happened before has never happened. Unless specifically referenced. And while they are specifically referencing the Hex Girls, mm-hmm. they can't reference The Witch's Ghost as a movie, because monsters were real in that one. Yeah, that's very true. And in this one, vampires aren't real, Daphne. Kind of thing going on. Yeah, <sighs> It's weird. It's very weird. Um, but yeah, so then Daniel and Russell show up mm-hmm. and they're like, they say it, like, it sounds like people have been disappearing, mm-hmm. but it's just that people have been leaving because they heard Matt got kidnapped. Yeah. This, the dialogue, okay, there's a lot more explanation dropped on uh-huh. us here and it, it, yeah, it's very awkward. It's not like embarrassing or anything or that kind of awkward. It's just like so much exposition. Yeah, um, it's, it is a lot. And it's like, they say, talk about the same things over and over. Mm-hmm. Um, because around this time, we, Russell brings up Wildwind, the band, for seemingly no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, because the poster's there. And the Hex Girls are like, oh yeah, this must be old, because look, it's glam rock. Mm-hmm. But it's like, actually, they're only a couple years older than you. Mm-hmm. And their band's members' name were Dark Skull, Stormy Weathers, and Lightning Strikes. And they never are mentioned by name again. Uh, apparently, after getting third place the year they went, they camped up on Vampire Rock and disappeared. And depending on who you ask, they became vampires. Yeah. Prepare to hear this story like three more times for no reason. Yeah. I don't know why I, I sound so angry when I'm talking about this. Because, like, it's a good movie. That's such a silly thing. It's... I think it was, for me, a matter of... I'm already weary of this, the music. Because the music ha- has a very repetitive sound going on. So, But on also, it's kind of good. Yeah. Like, at this point in the film, we're like, oh, yeah, this is kind of good. But, like, everything does sort of repeat itself. Yeah. Did actually, you know what? No. There are things that happen multiple times in this film. Straight up. Mm. 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 Okay, hold on. We'll get there. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, they're talking about uh, bands disappearing. And the gang is going to join as a competing yeah. band. So Fred's just like, no, here's our plan. Yeah, we're going to go undercover as a band so we can, get when they try to kidnap us, we'll get them. 
I just, Fred, you don't know why everything is getting captured. Uh, hi, my name is Fred Jones of the Minoc. My go-to plan is getting captured. <laughs> Somebody's gotta get captured. And in this case, it's gonna be the entire gang, apparently. Um. Oh, um, Daniel does mention that weird lights and sounds have been coming from Vampire Rock. Yes. Russell seems to be on board with Fred's plan of going undercover to be kidnapped because he wants to protect his own pick to win two skinny dudes who haven't even shown up yet. Nope. Um, Jasper. Shag- oh, go ahead. Sorry, I was going to mention that uh, Shaggy and Scooby try to sit out this whole plan. They're like, oh, no, it should be a trio. You know, like a band do. And the girls are like, nah, we'll help you practice. Yeah. Um, and then we, oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to transition to the next scene. I thought, do... Jas- Jasper shows up yes. after the practice scene. Oh, that's right. That's right. Because they, uh, they show up while they're practicing and they're like, you guys are the new competition. In that kind of snooty voice. Yeah. Um, so when they cut over to band practice, we have a little bit of a costume corner. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to start with Scooby-Doo, who is playing the drums. Um, as not the accordion or theremin as he is wont to do in the Weird Al episode of Scooby-Doo and Guess Who. Um, Vampire-style high collar with a blue jacket. Like it's Those are the same thing. It's like a high collar off of this blue jacket with a matching headband and hoop earrings. Um... And a studded belt, and also his, like, a black studded belt, and his collar also has studs now. (laughs) Uh, We have Daphne, who's playing the keyboard, but not like a keyboard on a stand, and not like a keytar, but just like a keyboard being held like a keytar. And Daphne is wearing a purple jumpsuit with pink, knee-high, high-heel boots, and a green vampire collar. Uh, Fred is playing the guitar, and he is wearing a white vest with an orange, I wrote it down as a neck bandana. It's not an ascot. It's like tied off to the side like you would a bandana, but it's not triangular. Um, he has one of those thin cord headbands that's also blue, and like a pale bluish gray dangly earrings and an armband, but only one armband. Ah. Uh, Shaggy is playing the bass, and he's wearing his regular clothes, but with the addition of a dark teal trench coat, a rust-colored bucket hat, green dangly earrings, and possibly platform shoes? Oh, gosh. Um, And Velma, who is singing, has possibly the weirdest outfit of the bunch. A red bodysuit with a purple-slash-pink tunic. A red belt, and then, like, at her calf and on her wrist, there's, like, a pink ruffle. She's got a pink scarf and red platform heels. Which, uh, when we cut to this scene, she is having some troubles with. I, it's, I feel like it's framed as if she's wearing, um, heels. Like, not platform shoes, but heels. 
she's looking at it. There's definitely both. There are, there is a heel to it. And also it's a platform shoe. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's the go-go boots from Scooby-Doo 2002. Yeah. It's literally those now that I think about it, but like (laughs) red. Didn't, didn't Velma wear a, a jumpsuit thing and a live Um, action So that is the live action Scooby-Doo 2, Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed. She wears a leather cat suit. Maybe it's latex. It's one of those. It squeaks a lot. That's right. I forgot. And it's like a weird bit with Seth Green. Where she says the words, who's your mommy? Oh. I didn't remember that. I didn't want to be reminded of that. Gosh dang it, Cass. What's even better is the follow-up to that where Seth Green's just like, who's who's my mommy? What? <laughs> what are you asking me? Huh? Ugh. Uh, that movie's going to be a wild ride when we get to it. Yep. Mm. Um. Anyways... Yeah, that's that's the costume corner, and Velma cannot stand in those shoes, and Shaggy, despite playing pretty well, breaks a string, and Scooby is also very good at drums until a cymbal flies off and lands on his head. Yep. Velma apparently likes singing a lot, but does not like singing in front of crowds. Mm-hmm. I liked that uh, kind of line. It was neat. Yes. I also like this next scene where Daphne finds traces of stage makeup on the stage and is like no this is definitely this kind of makeup it's not something that that kind of person would wear it's glowing white uh-huh. <laughs> um and then fred go ahead no it's just it's just very interesting how fred finds a hiking boot print and it's sticky but it's not glue no Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, when you it's were just saying the... these clues, and I put those in quotation marks, are so ridiculous because they're they're not, they're not. How many people have come through this area? How many people have yeah. practiced? The Hex Girls were literally on this stage, not a few hours ago. And how do you get stage makeup from your face onto the floor? Yeah, yeah. It's it's not very good in regards to setting up clues, aside from maybe the yeah. boot print. I can see the boot print, but not on the stage itself, I don't think. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, um, it's very but Jasper weird. and the Bad Omens show up. Yeah. And they laugh at the gang. I have... Mm, I don't like the Bad Omens, and there's a reason why I don't like the Bad Omens. They have a theme... Uh-huh. It's a playing card suit theme. Yes. The diamond is missing. (laughs) There is no diamond in this band of playing card suits. Why? What happened? Why? Uh, How can they possibly stand it? What's even better is that their their member names are Jack, King, and Queen. Yeah! Yeah! Ugh. Well, that's that's why, because then they'd have to have someone named Ace. That sounds like and a perfect already... idea. Well, yeah, but there's already a band with someone named Ace that exists within the Scooby-Doo universe, oh. and that's Kiss. 
Oh. <laughs> I'm sure uh, band they... members can be m- named multiple things. Like, sure, the band no. can't. The band members can't? No, no one can have the same name in a Scooby-Doo series. Oh. There can only be one Barry and one Harry, ever. That's why the Flash never shows up. <laughs> <sighs> Knowing uh, their names actually makes it a little bit more palatable. It still bothers me because how can they stand it? Why not just go with a, a, a king, queen, and thief? Mm. Maybe Diamond will be the name of their first album. There you go. Ugh. Why are they called bad omens? The bad omen is the fact that they're missing a sweet suit. Whatever. Sorry. Honestly, yeah. if you could fit Diamond into the band name instead, that would be fine. Yeah. Yeah, I could uh. accept that. Oh, gosh. Anyway. Anyways, who's ever heard of a band with a dog in it? Who's ever heard of a dog playing basketball? <laughs> Uh, Scooby has that dog where, uh, head movement, but doesn't actually say it, and I appreciated that. Yeah, and then he does play the drums. Yep, it's like, I'll show you up, but then the drums, the drums kind fall of apart. fall apart, yeah. Uh, yeah, Jasper talks about how he had hopes for Wild Wind, and does not like to talk about the fateful night. Um, and when he says fateful night, I'm curious, do you think he means um, them coming in third place or their disappearance? Mm. Oh, I didn't even think of that. I think Jasper is the type of person to talk about them getting third place because he seems like that kind of manager. But also, yeah, but also like later we learn that he had entire costumes made to remind him of the time he managed that band yeah apparently they were very good like very good mm-hmm. um so so maybe it's a combination of oh no the last time that they played they got third place they had so much room to grow and make me money and he can't get over yeah. that and now he's just trying to find new bands mm-hmm. uh, so the gang splits up to set up camp and search for clues um, the gang does immediately think of the bad omens and Jasper as suspects yeah which they're like oh the makeup is maybe that and Jasper seems the type yeah in my mind the moment they do that they're like oh yeah they're not they're not actually like yeah. the moment they talk about it they do talk about like their thoughts on things a lot in this film, though. Yeah, so much exposition. Um, so Fred, Velma, and Daphne go to search Jasper's trailer, while Shaggy and Scooby check out the concession area. And um, when Fred's like, "Oh yeah, you guys can stay here and check out this area," do you think Fred actually wanted them to do that, or do you think they just didn't want them on the sneaking mission? Because, like, it's just a concession stand. It is just a concession stand, which has a lot of food already, which was interesting. But also, it was like, it looks empty. It is empty. There's no one there. There's just kind of like... It doesn't look like anything's open. No. It's... I think it's nighttime? It was nighttime, right? Yes, because there's about to be a thing that happens. Yes. Um, And it's just kind of like, hmm. 
I don't know. I, I could see it going both ways. Uh, I don't know why they would need to search a concession stand. Except for they're Scooby and Shaggy and they're going to actually just eat instead. Mm-hmm. We um, detail Fred at Jasper's trailer. Fred and them are just assuming Jasper's inside. And Fred's like, okay, I have a plan. Mm-hmm. And Velma's is like, uh, but Fred... Mm-hmm. And the entire time for like, oh, hold on, let me get to the good part. Uh, but he isn't home, and the door is open. Mm-hmm. And inside, everything is very uh, like psychedelic retro, mm-hmm. complete with waterbed and lava lamps. And I just find it funny that they're both, they all of them are like, "Oh man, look how retro <laughs> this is." Says Fred, wearing an ascot. Yeah. <laughs> Very funny. Um, they do find there are costumes of Wild Wind that are in Jasper's trailer. And that yep. seems to uh, cement his being a sus- suspect a little bit more. Yep, okay. and he also has a framed photo with Wild Wind. Which, yeah, that seems that seems fine, honestly speaking. Yeah. Especially um, if he was, like, I, heart, so heartbroken over it, I guess. Yeah. I find it weird that the faces for these costumes, like, they includes, like, a face mask. They're a mask. And it's not, a mask. It's supposed to be, like, doing makeup. Why is it a mask? Cass, why is it a mask? It's just a mask. Is it because everything in Scooby-Doo ever is a mask? Yeah. It's... You would think the fact that they have masks on... Well... Oh, oh, so, oh, it's a Halloween costume. Yes, somehow. probably. Um, my brain is like, okay, so immediately you would think they would actually disqualify Jasper from being it. Because if he has masks, they don't need the makeup. And the makeup was what, what was on stage. Unless the makeup is a red herring. <laughs> but those don't exist in Scooby-Doo outside of Pup Named. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's both makeup and mask for some reason? I don't know. Maybe it's a Batman situation where you have to put on a little bit of makeup around your eyes. Maybe. Um, anyways. So, away from that, back where Shaggy and Scooby are eating a lot of sandwiches. Mm Mm-hmm. Talking about Australian bread. Um, the fog rolls in. And we see the three vampire assistants, like the underlings. Lesser vampires. The thralls. Yeah, that's what they are. Um, and we get a chase scene set to a Hex Girl song. Um, and during this chase scene, um, Shaggy and Scooby serve one of them very garlicky pasta. <laughs> which it eats without issue. Like, it enjoys it. Mm-hmm. Um... They throw silver stuff at one of them, and it trips, but is otherwise unharmed. And they have reflections in mirrors. Yep. And they also stick them in, like, tanning booths and set it to danger. And Shaggy and Scooby are prepared to either give regular people cancer or burn vampires to dust. I mean... Yeah, I guess. Well, okay. So I have a suggestion. Mm-hmm. What if Scooby and Shaggy, despite all evidence of them 
having presumably not run into an actual real life supernatural creature are always convinced it's real when they encounter it for the first time. Um, that's so, I mean, that does come up in, um, guess Scooby-Doo and guess who with the Keenan Thompson episode, Shaggy specifically says that whether or not ghosts is ghosts are real. There's like, almost like, you know, ghosts aren't real. And Shaggy's like, ah, the jury is still out for me and Scooby. Yeah. I think that, so I would say they were just playing ready to kill some vampires. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the- Yeah, but like, oh. sorry, I'm just, I'm still thinking about it though, because it's very, that is literally a way someone dies in a Final Destination film. Oh, wild. Is being trapped in a tanning bed that gets sets to maximum- temperature i imagine that's based off dehydration um well that and then like eventually i think some of the tubes broke oh and then you're laying in a bunch of glass wiggling trying to get out it's bad that's bad it's a bad time no bad bad but yeah so there's that Mm -hmm. um so after that Shaggy and Scooby take off and come charging in on bad omens who are practicing. And then the vampire shows up, you know, the big one, and steals the bad omens. Yep. The gang, uh, come, uh, the rest of the gang comes in and make a note that the smoke that had rolled in smells very sweet, like cotton candy. Yeah, but I also noticed that Fred's like, Fred and Daphne are like, this is burning my eyes. Oh, yeah. Um, Which I thought was weird, because that never comes up again. No, it does not. But the sweet uh, smell is very important. Yeah, because that's like the first thing that Fred and Thelma and Daphne all notice is they show up to the situation as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Jasper is upset about yet another band disappearing, and because he was not taken also, he feels pretty guilty. Mm-hmm. Because he wasn't there when he was in his trailer instead. Mm, but wait a minute, says Fred. In his trailer? Yeah. Weird. Weird. Because they were just there. Yeah, how odd. Um, what a mystery. So, everyone's going to stay the night. Yes, the gang is like, we're all going to camp together. So it's going to be them, Jasper, Daniel, and the Hex Girls. Russell and the rest of the staff have already gone home. Yep. Shaggy and Scooby are first to keep watch. We immediately cut to them sleeping on the job. Okay, so I do want to point some stuff out here. Yes. Um, Fred puts them on first watch, um, which does sound like a good plan because like the vampires just left. And at the rate that they've shown up, they're probably fine. Mm-hmm. So they're like, yeah, we'll have Shaggy and Scooby now. And they're not going to be happy about it because the vampires were literally just there. But also there's less of a chance of them showing up. Mm-hmm. Either way, it takes two Scooby snacks to convince them. Mm-hmm. Um, now, while it does cut to them like immediately to them being asleep at the campfire. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they don't go back to sleep after this. And then the sun comes up. Yep, I did notice that. So they they were up all night, or at least nobody woke up to relieve them. 
it's weird because like after you do first watch you don't also do last watch you get to sleep until it's over exactly it's weird um but as they're at the campfire we get some motorcycles showing up and spooking them mm-hmm. and it's, oh it's two skinny dudes barry and harry there's a very interesting <laughs> i actually really liked this moment uh Two skinny dudes, Barry and Harry, introduce themselves to Shaggy by saying, oh yeah, we're two skinny dudes. And Shaggy is just like, yeah, so am I. <laughs> or something like that. And it's really funny. Yeah. Um, it is strange, however, that they laugh at the idea of the other bands being kidnapped. Yeah, it's like they immediately like, oh, so does that mean uh, we win by default? Um, but Daniel's like, no, uh, actually, there were another, there was another contestant that was entered. Cut to Shaggy and Scooby playing their playing in- the banjo. They're yeah. playing banjo and harmonica in this scene. Yep, which is pretty good until Shaggy breaks a string after he's done playing. Yep. Um, so I do want to say that first of all, they work like they have um. Two skinny dudes both have climbing equipment. They were apparently camping on Vampire Rock. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm confused because they say, like, oh yeah, all of the other bands have left except for Scooby-Doo and the gang. Mm-hmm. Why aren't the Hex Girls in the competition? The Hex Girls are opening the festival. That is actually mentioned somewhere. They're not competing because they're... I, I guess they must be... Signed band? I don't know. Maybe they've oh, played oh, actually, it before. Yeah. They, I think they might be signed because um, I don't remember what the situation was leading into. Mm. Uh, which is which is Ghost? Uh, yes, that yeah. one. I think that was one of their hometown. Like they were there, but they were big. Uh, yeah, I've, it feels like the X Girls are huh, a little big in. The Scooby-Doo universe, maybe? Maybe they're still not big, big, but, you know, enough to not yeah. necessarily qualify for this kind of contest. But I imagine it's a, it's the kind of situation where they're trying to draw more of a crowd um, to mm-hmm. these upcoming bands. So let's get a bigger name band that, hey, maybe they maybe they were in it at one point in their careers. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so that, that they are opening the festival. That is why they're not competing and they are not technically competition. Yeah, I just, that confused me at first, but now we have some answers. Yep. Um, okay. So Jasper immediately shows up and's like, hey, do you all two skinny dudes need a manager? Yeah, he's very sleazy. In this uh, moment, it's very uh, mm, mm. Jasper. Mm-hmm. No, and Velma gets suspicious. Yep, man, he uh, moved on pretty quick. Anyways, it's morning now. Yep, not a cut. Just basically, just oh yeah, it's just the sun comes up because they're talking about uh, tonight. Yep, the show is tonight at six. Yep, um, and the gang and Daniel get in the van. To go talk to Daniel's grandpa. 
Malcolm. Mm-hmm. And Velma lists some vampire facts for us, such as sunlight bad, running water bad. The more people a vampire enthralls, good. Makes them more powerful. Um, and they don't appear on film. Yep. So we cut here to Malcolm, who is doing smoke signals, which is not a thing that Australian natives ever did. Ah. Well. Anyways, at least the smoke smells nice. Yep. We learn it's from the wood of a red gum tree. Yep. Or perhaps a kookaburra might sit upon. <laughs> Um, Scooby gets stuck to the tree because it's got that mysterious sticky substance. Ooh. Spooky. Yep. Um, and then suddenly they're canoeing. Yeah, they just abandoned the mystery machine. This, this scene that's happening now with the canoes is pointless. Yeah. No, it actually has a point. It is to establish- it? Yes, it is to establish that Malcolm, uh- knows vampire facts such as the only thing that can destroy a vampire is sunlight and the only thing they fear is dingoes huh this is weird that they couldn't have just put that in the scene where Velma looks up some vampire facts yeah that they literally just had not two minutes ago because the other things that happen here are Malcolm's canoeing to a council meeting and then they talk about the Vampire possibly kidnapping Wildwind for like the eighth time. Yep. Um, and then Scooby gets eaten by an alley, or oh, sorry, a crocodile. Yes, yes. Um, I think it's mentioned at one point that uh, Malcolm doesn't like the fact that the concert is happening. Yes, he's been against it since the beginning. Yeah. Especially with the disappearances, just like at the beginning of the film. Yep. Lots of repeats. Yep. And then Scooby fights his way out of a crocodile. Gets back in the canoe, and they keep canoeing, and then it hard cuts, and it's such a strange cut. Yes. This is why I think that canoe scene didn't need to exist, because yep. that or there should have been a scene in between it and this next scene. Yep. Where it's just the concert and the Hex Girls are playing now. Yep. It's 6 p.m. Uh, well, it's probably closer to 7 at this point. Yeah. Well, if it starts at 6 and they open at 6, uh, they open the festival, it's probably 6. Like, 603. Yeah, but they're finishing up. This yeah. is their encore. Yep. Um, and they get, to, they get to play for longer than three minutes, because they're not in the competition. That's very true. Maybe they get to play a whole set. Uh, certainly, I hope so, because... Huh, I have opinions on what happens um, later. Yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, anyways. So anyway... Uh, the, the vampire shows up. Vampires kidnap the Hex Girls, and... This is hysterical. The crowd cheers 100% because they think it's part of the show. Yeah, the crowd loves it. And I want to point out that during this, like, since we cut up to the scene, there have been no shots of the crowd. Nope. As far as we know, it's empty. Yep. We just have noise of people yelling. Yep. Um, I do want to point out that despite the fact that the gang is theoretically playing next, they are not in costume anymore. Nope. They don't. They never play. The costume is theoretically a one and done in this situation. Yep. Except for we see it again at the end. But like, it by all means they should be dressed up because their plan is to get kidnapped by playing. Yeah, they don't do that. 
They don't do that. They just... They don't do it. Okay. Poor Daniel goes out uh, to this crowd and is like, we're going to take a break. And you can hear the crowd booing. And then the gang is going on a trip to Vampire Rock to find the Hex Girls. Yes. Um, Shaggy tries to convince Fred that, like, no, we'll just, uh, me and Scoob will yeah. stay here and practice. Um, and then Shaggy breaks a string. And we get a, just a deadpan shot of the crowd being dead silent and staring at Shaggy. Yeah. And that's the only time we see the crowd. Yep. Oy, oy, oy. <sighs> so. Fred calls everyone into a huddle so he can explain a plan that we don't get to hear before they disappear to go find the Hex Girls. Yep. Um, so, smash cut to them, walking along a rickety bridge to Vampire Rock over some running water. Which theoretically means the vampires shouldn't even be able to leave the place. Um, Mm. even when there's a scene later that talks about this. Yep. Anyways, they decide to split up, even though Shaggy and Scooby are like, ah, maybe we should stick together, huh? (laughs) There's, like, almost no reason for them to split up, because they're just gonna walk around... The rock, anyways, until yeah. they find an entrance. So, I, Shaggy and Scooby don't do anything. They don't find anything except for dingoes. Yes, outside. they find dingoes and get cornered. Yes, that's all that they do. Um, and then Fred, Velma, and Daphne find a cave, go in the cave, they explore. Mm. They walk around, and then Daphne falls through a secret rock door. Yes. It's like Daphne triggers. Wait, I might be getting the sequence out of order. There's yeah, a secret. So she doesn't passage. trigger anything yet. Okay. She, they find a secret passage into a cave, and then they find that, a by just passage. by Daphne leaning against a wall and then falling backwards. Okay. I got um, uh, the fact that it happens again. Not yeah. like two minutes later, it happens again. To be fair, it does happen differently. Yes. Because this one is a deliberate secret passage. Yeah. So first they just fall through a cave wall, basically, but it's a door. Um, and they're looking around. It's like, hey, um, this cave should be pitch black because we're this far in. We should be experiencing total cave darkness, I think is what oh, Velma calls it. Probably. Um, which, because they're not, it must mean there's a light from up ahead. And they find a sciency concert backstage looking area mm-hmm. with all these fans and lights and stuff and as they're looking around Daphne now finds another secret door because like oh there's light coming from underneath this thing mm-hmm. there's a weird looking rock here that I'm going to step on now I read that as she accidentally stepped on it not that it was deliberate oh, see I just assumed because like there's a shot of her looking at the light coming from below the door and then it's like she looks down, and then it shows the foot stepping on a rock. Mm, okay, it was a very casual step, so I I read it as she just triggered it on accident. Could maybe it's either way. I don't know. It's well, it's weird because you know then she decides to walk through it and not tell anyone about it before she gets locked in. Mm-hmm. Um, in the wide shot on the other side of the door, mm-hmm. and this could just be you know coincidence. It does look like there's a rock on the floor that looks the exact same as the first rock on the other side. Interesting. 
And I was like, oh, I guess surely it's another rock situation. Mm -hmm. But it never comes up. No. Um, Because she's trapped and then is locked in there with the vampire version of Wildland. Well, one of them. Meanwhile, Shaggy... Well, yeah, one of them who chases her. Yep. Meanwhile, Shaggy and Scooby are still being cornered by dingoes. That's all they do. For, like, two different cutbacks, they're just the same thing. Yep. And Shaggy does say... It would take us take a miracle for us to get out of this situation. Cut back to, to Daphne, who is being who has been chased, chased to a cliff. To a cliff. Daphne dies off the cliff into a lake, which splashes. She not only like dives; she does a perfect dive and then turns that perfect dive into a cannonball. Yeah, which uh, yeah, no. Her hitting the water happens to be right next to Shaggy and Scooby, and the splashing scares off the dingoes. Yep. Um, I do find the scene a little bit fun, because Daphne's like, oh, hey guys, how's it going? Yep. And Shaggy and Scooby have scorecards. Yes, I did like that. I was kind of hoping for like a follow-up joke to this, because Fred and Velma find the secret passage, and <laughs> eventually they end up just doing the same thing yeah, literally that. the same thing it's the same scene it's again yep. but with dingo's gone yep. no dingo mm-hmm. i thought it was fun that fred and Velma were the subject of a chase scene for once though mm. like it's never like just those two it's usually shaggy and scooby oh. or the whole group interesting um, but anyways yeah they they do more dives and they don't do it good i was kind of hoping that shaggy and scooby would pull out lesser scorecards <laughs> that would have been funny uh, but then the vampire shows up again and does sky explosions yeah and they're like okay let's let's leave now bye and then vampire wild wind is there mm-hmm. and then the vampire starts throwing fireballs <laughs> and causing rock slides and blasting huge gusts of wind yeah. And eventually Shaggy is wearing Fred's shirt and ascot. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird sequence, I feel like. Uh-huh. Just a little bit weird. It's like, huh. Yeah, that's a thing, I guess. But then the dingo show up. And then I they... I hope you like dingo. Yeah, they chase after the lesser vampires. Mm-hmm. But the big vampire is still there, and the sun is coming up, but the vampire's not stopping. Nope. And then the sun, instead of just hitting the vampire, reflects all of Scooby-Doo's collar and creates a laser beam, (laughs) which hits the vampire. And then, despite what we hear later, actually, just like, starts doing an explosion animation where it's like, oh! Oh no, we've been destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. But then it falls over and then the dingoes and Scooby are both like, "Awoo." Yep. And then Vampire Wildwind shows back up and they still haven't found the Hex Girls. But be- they can't worry about that now because Fred picks up the entire gang <laughs> and carries them back over the bridge. Yeah, that was kind of cute. It's like one of those little silly cartoon things and it's like, yeah, this might as well just happen. Yeah. Um, um, they make sure to point out, it's like, oh, wait, the vampires haven't been stopped by running water. Oh, no. 
or sunlight. Yeah. So there's a trap. Very simple net trap. Yeah. I think it's a little bit more complicated than you think because first they keep running. I guess Fred lets them all down. Mm-hmm. And he dives behind a rock and gives a signal to Daniel, who is just waiting there the whole time, who throws a boomerang to activate a rope trap that first catches Shaggy and Scooby, apparently on purpose, so it can use them as a counterweight for the net that catches Vampire Wildwind. Yep. Apparently. And then Vigon was like, also, I got a picture of them earlier, so you know for sure they're not vampires. Even though they've broken literally every vampire rule so far, you shouldn't need to show us this one. But I guess if you're going to do it, might as well check them all off. (laughs) I was like, I think that's what's weird about this is that they just treat them like they're actual vampires almost the entire time. Like, verbally. Verbally, they treat them like actual vampires. Even though... Despite several people seeing several instances of them not following vampire rules. Yeah. It's like, there's no reason for them to be treated as if they were actually vampires, because... Why would they? Why would they? You know what I would have liked to see? Mm. Um, I would have liked to see Shaggy and Scooby mention, like, hey, wait a minute. We did all of this vampire killing stuff during our chase scene, and none of it worked. Mm-hmm. I feel like, much like how they have an entire encyclopedic knowledge of Sherlock Holmes, <laughs> they should have a passing monster knowledge. Mm-hmm. I could see that. If they're going to be afraid of monsters, they should know how to why them. they're afraid. Or just like their general abilities, things like that. Mm-hmm. So they're like, oh yeah, they know a vampire can probably fly, mm-hmm. but they don't know, like... Oh, a vampire can sneak up behind you if you're looking in a mirror because they don't show up in mirrors. Mm-hmm. That's that does seem like the kind of paranoia paranoia that Shaggy and Scooby would encourage in themselves. Because it's not paranoia if they're actually out to get you. Yep. But speaking of the things that were out to get them, they hose down Vampire Wind, removing the makeup. Revealing two skinny dudes and Russell, who's like, don't say anything. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's true. They don't have to say anything. They're not cops. No, they constantly put cops cops to shame. Mm -hmm. So the gang's like, all right, if you're not going to talk, we will. Here's the breakdown. (laughs) But they spend most of the breakdown explaining why they suspected Jasper. Yeah, they, they do that. It's like... Turns out he wasn't at his trailer earlier because he was trying to convince the Hex girls to let them, him manage them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they talk about why he had stuff about Wildwind, and it's because he just missed them. Mm-hmm. And then around this time, Fred's like, oh yeah, you missed them, huh? Removes the mask, revealing that Barry, Harry, and Russell were the members of Wildwind. Yep, the entire time, which I have questions I have so many questions. Cause like, What's your questions? Russell. Let's see if I can answer them. Russell? Uh-huh. Who's Russell? Why is Daniel... He showed up this year. D- does that is that ever mentioned? You no. know what's mentioned? Russell saw Wildwind, apparently, actually perform. So that, was, that must have been just he, a lie. Well, 
No. He said? He did see them from the first within. person while on the stage. Yeah, within, from within. Oh, God. Uh, I love that kind of not actually a lie lie. Um, so it's like, maybe it was a situation wherein Daniel, having had some, uh, <laughs> no, I don't understand this whole situation. Why does Daniel have Russell as a, uh, set-up partner? Probably because he needed someone to help after someone disappeared after the last one. Must have. Probably needed to replace some, or get new help. I guess. Maybe. I just, it's never mentioned anywhere that Russell's new. It's not. It's it's nowhere. This is completely blindsided. So let's hear about why Wildwind did it. The answer is they were upset about coming in third place, so they disappeared themselves, hoping it would increase their popularity. And then they remembered they couldn't even enter the contest again because of the rules. Mm-hmm. So they disguised themselves in such a way that two of them could compete and one of them could be in charge. And then instead of just, like, trying to win, they decided to remove all of the competition. Mm-hmm. And then they used mountain climbing equipment to rig up the flying, even though that's not how that would work in this situation at all. And apparently all of the kidnapped people were just sent on vacation to the Great Barrier Reef. I hate this. What? Huh? No. What? What? Why? Why? How can you afford it? They're they're a no-name band. How can they afford it? Who have disappeared for a year. They haven't been collecting check for a year. They have no, no money. bank accounts. Why? Ugh. It's a bad explanation. Like, it's like... Uh. I, it's like they genuinely did not have an explanation on what happened to anyone. Yep. And they're like, okay, the Hex Girls declined our vacation. Or sorry, no. The Hex Girls show up and they're like, no, we declined their offer for a vacation. Cause, and then we got lost in the outback until Malcolm found us. No, uh, from what I understand, the wild wind dropped them in the outback. In, yeah. yeah. And where they were lost until Malcolm showed up. Yes. Um. And the reason they were kidnapped was because they wanted to get the gang to look for the Hux girls so that the gang would miss their performance. Mm-hmm, because apparently that's... they care about that, even though... Well, they wanted the gang to miss their performance so they would be the only people to perform, and they could just win and then reveal themselves to be wild win. <gasps> ah. I... The smoke was red gum tree smoke, and the boot boot print was red gum. It's not important. Those things have no tie-ins to these characters. Nope. Why? Because, why not? The vampire was a 3D projection, and they used fans and explosives to mimic throwing fireballs at places they couldn't predict the gang to be at beforehand. Mm. While they were both, while all three of them were performing. In addition to that. Yeah, that's a good point. Who's controlling? Who? 
Well, they were like, we just set these reels up in front of a light to just do the animation. But then it, you know, straight up explodes after the light hits it. It doesn't disappear like a production projection do. It exploded. It did a unique animation and exploded. Mm-hmm. Who switched out the who switched out the tape <laughs> to change the animation? Huh? <laughs> who did it? Who? Oh. Um, so the gang technically wins. So now they are forced to perform tonight. And instead of just having I don't know the hex girls play, Mm-mm. they're gonna make this fake band play. And this is the second night. This is a different night than the first night. Oh, okay. I read it as the the same first night. Oh, no. I thought it was second because of how long this took. Mm. I assumed it would have been like midnight. So here's the thing. Was there a second night planned? I never, I never heard reference to a second night. I only understood it as being the one night. Because... So here's my theory. Daniel doesn't have any bands to play. No, he has no bands. My brain was like, okay, so maybe the winner of the first night who... Because they only get to play three minutes the first night. Uh Uh-huh. If there's a two-night system. Maybe if they win, they get to do a whole set. Maybe. I could see that. Um. But anyways, yeah. Daniel's like, hey, how y'all doing? You enjoying yourselves so far? And everybody's like, yeah, we actually love that we only got to see one thing. And then nothing happened. Yeah. For maybe 24 hours, depending. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's like... There's no consequence to the fact that... There was like an hour's worth of time from possibly 6.05 to 6.30 until 7 o'clock or based off of his, um, I don't know. How long was this supposed to last? Oh, no. Okay. Actually, no, it has to be the next night because the sun came out. Oh, that's a good point. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, no. Daniel! Daniel, you just abandoned your concert! Daniel, you abandoned your boy! (laughs) You abandoned your boy! Oh my gosh! So, Daniel went with them after telling the crowd, Hey, we're gonna take a break! And leaves with the gang to just sit on his butt, waiting... With a boomerang. Waiting for the net to be useful. Daniel! Daniel! What are you doing, boy? What are you doing with This your is life? why he hired Russell. <laughs> this is why he hired Russell. He can't manage a concert anymore. Uh. Oh. <laughs> uh, anyways, they introduce the gang as the meddling kids, and they do their cover of Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? And the Hex Girls are also there, and scooby doo be doo the movie's over. Yeah! <laughs> what? Daniel! Daniel! How? Okay, the only explanation about, okay, there's definitely got to be a second night, and the only explanation about the crowd actually sticking around must be because the Hex Girls just basically did a concert. That's the only explanation I can think of. 
What happened? Daniel, no. <laughs> Daniel, what did you do? Anyways. Hmm. <laughs> so what did you think of this movie? Eh. I thought it was pretty good. It was okay. It wasn't amazing. I think it's... But it's decent. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's not actually... Hmm. I think it's top half material, mm. but that'll be decided here in a second. Yeah. Um, poor, uh, what's his name? Jasper. Just. The gang has run into, uh, that kind of personality. Too many times for them to not immediately suspect him, I think. I think that's what the issue was. They inherently distrust capitalists. Yes. It's like, he's trying to get more money. Ah, he's a suspect. Well, coincidentally, mm -hmm. um, the first thing we're comparing this to on our list is Scooby-Doo and the Music of the Vampire. Another film about a vampire and some vampire thralls and music. Not gonna lie, I get music of the vampire and witch's ghost mixed up every time. Like, in my head. Weird. I don't know it's why. It's the one without Tim Curry. Yeah, I don't know why. It's the one with the mayor who talks kinda like this. Oh yeah, that doesn't narrow it down for me. No? No. Oh, there's vampires on the loose. Wait, Van Helsing? Is Van Helsing? Um, yeah, that's what the that that was the guy's last name. Oh, Vincent Van Helsing. Okay. <laughs> As opposed to Vincent Van Gogh. Right. Sorry. I'm... Um. Yeah. No, it's fine. Make your remind yourself of this film or the other film while I think of how how I feel about this film. Overall, I think it's good. I think it is played by lots of repetition. Mm -hmm. And I think that might inherently be caused by the fact that this film was a, trying to wheel itself back towards being a Scooby-Doo film in the sense of the original Scooby-Doo series. Yeah. This was the first film after all of the Mook animated films. Um, they went to an animation that was similar to a cartoon show. They went with the... Um, what's new scooby-doo style um in the sense i guess the same animation style it's not necessarily the same character designs because i think in that fred has like a weird striped shirt mm -hmm. and don't think he's wearing that in this but like between that and then getting the original cast as much as they could and stuff like that mm -hmm. i feel like they were trying too hard to be an original scooby-doo adventure mm -hmm. um because when you try to do that and you stretch it out into a full feature length film, you do face a lot of repetition. That's it's like three different episodes to yeah. get like, combined together. Yeah, it actually kind of was because like them visiting Australia, them going to a music concert, them dealing with vampires. Mm hmm. 
and then like between that and then having the music constantly being repeat repeated yeah and while i did enjoy it and i thought it was fun and i could probably piece together a full-length version of the song because of if you piece together like where people were talking at one part of one and then later <laughs> you're not talking in that part uh-huh um it's i enjoyed it i would probably call this like this is the platonic not ideal but a platonic existence of a scooby-doo movie mm. nothing special no frills yeah i remember a little bit more about music of the vampire Mm-hmm. I, mm, I don't know. Mystery was very, uh, not mystery in the sense that you can't really piece it together because it came out of nowhere. Well, they did constantly, almost eight times in the film, say, hey, remember Wild Wind and how they disappeared off the top of the mountain and maybe became vampires? Yeah, but... You know, like you could probably say, "Hey, that's Wild Wind," you, but the fact that Wild Wind was also three other people—they yeah. had a double disguise. That part's a little wacky. Yeah, you know what would have made a difference? Was there like camping gear in the mountain, or evidence that people no. had been living there? Where has Wild Wind been for the last year? I think they were living in the cavern where all of the other stuff is. Yeah. But we don't see any living stuff there. We only see lights and fans. Yeah. If if it had been a, not just a studio, but more of a, huh, somebody's been living here. Weird. Kind of situation. Maybe I would have been more accept- accepting of the fact that it came out of nowhere. I think the more, the part that comes more out of nowhere is the inclusion of two skinny dudes. Yeah. doing anything because they show up and you see like oh hey they have they have climbing gear weird then they never show up again that's it bye yeah, yeah. like there's yeah. nothing to be suspicious about them other than they have climbing gear and they're the last band left yeah if it had been okay I'm trying to think how this it like would have been improved if you suspect russell then maybe it's because russell wanted to protect them yeah. But also, there's no reason to really suspect Russell. Yeah. Yeah? Because Russell is helping manage the concert. Who's judging the concert? He wants the concert to be good, so that way people are paying attention when he reveals himself to be a spooky monster. I... Mm, I guess. I don't know. I... I mm. I do wish I remembered Music of the Vampire a little bit more. I was looking at the plot synopsis, and that's the one where uh, Daphne gets kidnapped by that vampire thing to become a bride. Mm -hmm. It's the one where Jim Cummings lives in the the bayou. bayou. Yeah, and I think this was the one where Shaggy thought he was becoming a vampire. Mm Mm-hmm. That was the one. Yes. Um, Because that leads directly into... Scooby and me always be. Yeah. And then it cuts into like three different other songs at the same time. Oh, there's vampires on the loose. And that's why I brought the noose. Oh my gosh. He just killed the golden goose. We've got a show to do. Curtains up. Hey, Scooby Doo. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> What do you think? Uh, 
I like Music of the Vampire because I like the songs in it. Mm-hmm. There's only like three songs that are worth thinking about, but they all do come up in my head every now and then, mm-hmm. which is why I can recite just a decent chunk of Scooby and Me. Mm-hmm. I like Music of the Vampire a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Just enough more to be like, yeah, n- no, it's not above. Okay. So that has us looking at uh, Scooby-Doo and the Alien Invaders. I was going to compare it to Arabian Nights, but that would be too easy. No. Uh... Alien Invaders. Um, There's aliens. They're real. Um, Yeah. The evil villain's plan wasn't good. No. But Their plan was, (laughs) we're going to create a sound stage and kidnap people to convince them that there's aliens so they don't come looking in this cave that no one was looking into to begin with yeah so we can smuggle gold away from our own government and cover it up even though we don't actually need to cover it up because no one's gonna stop us no it's just gold here it's our gold now and we had to kidnap people and put them through elaborate stuff to convince them the aliens were real. We had to build a fake spaceship out of a helicopter. <laughs> yeah, we had a whole conversation <laughs> on helicopters, because of course we did. That's us. Uh, yeah, I, I think um, this movie, music of, uh, Legend of the Vampire. Legend of the Vampire. A little bit better. It's not... Alright. Um, the ridiculousness of Alien Invaders... And their villain plot mm-hmm. is slightly more ridiculous than Wildwind's plot, even though theirs is also ridiculous. Mm. Okay. That's um, my argument. Then how do we compare it to Scooby-Doo and the WrestleMania mystery? I like WrestleMania mystery more. It's a lot more fun. Hmm. <laughs> does have some fun bits in it i do i also think there's a lot of fun bits in this film too mm-hmm. i just i want to point out like i know we got kind of down on it near the end yeah because what the heck it's just it doesn't come together very well no. but there were several spots along the way where i enjoyed the journey yes i uh, also agree um i i think the the repetitive of the music really skewed my perception yeah I think that just sort of highlights the repetitiveness repetitiveness of the whole thing. Yeah. There was just that it it makes you feel like you're bored. And it wasn't a boring movie. It had some low points. I think it could have been cut down by like 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Maybe 20. Or maybe they could have just did like a slight rewrite. Yeah. Um, like condense a little couple I'll things. say... That the music did not make me feel bored. It made me pay a lot more attention to the music and be like, man, (laughs) one, this music rips, but two, this music has been used five times already. Yeah. Like, it's the music is so interesting (laughs) that you realize that you've heard it already. Okay. So, I'm not uh, the kind of person that notices music like that, the background music, unless I'm very specifically paying attention. So, all it was giving me was a a weird feeling. I didn't know why I was feeling bored until I watched it again and wrote my notes. And I was like, wait a second, that's the same music. What the heck? 
Um, mm. So that's that's that was my why I didn't I didn't pay very much attention to the the background music because I just don't notice that unless I'm specifically looking for it, and even sometimes when I'm specifically looking for it, I, I, it tunes out unfortunately. But all right, well, last one to compare it to. Scooby-Doo and the Loch Ness Monster. Who was the villain of Loch Ness Monster? Um, It was the scientist lady who wrote the book that immediately got her discredited. Oh, yeah. I forgot that because there were no consequences. It's not like she went to jail. Yeah. It was also the like brothers yeah, from but that other family. They were just in it. Because uh, they got a paycheck, from what I understood, yeah. or they just wanted to cause trouble. That's what it was. Yeah, they they were doing it separately. Maybe it's I don't know. We are too far removed. That was two months ago. Yes. Also, <laughs> I will say, monsters are real. And Loch Ness monster. That's true. And really, the only monster in this film. Is Scooby Doo when he gets on that drum set? Yeah. <laughs> um. I want to call it better than Loch Ness Monster. Okay. I think this film is it's more solid on par with the WrestleMania mystery. Yeah, it's maybe a little bit less. Yeah, I can see it. All right. I came in here thinking it was going to be in the top half, and then I realized that some of our good stuff has bled into the bottom half. Yeah. Like, for some reason, my brain put Zombie Island as our middle movie, which it is close to being. Yeah, it's like just one down. Like, right now, right now, it is currently at, like, the, um, it is tied for middle with Music of the Vampire. Mm -hmm. But that was just not how the dice rolled Mm -hmm. this day. If it had rolled that way, then we would have been comparing it to much different movies, and it would have been slightly higher. Right. All right. Um, that's that part of the show. Yep. That's That makes all of the important parts of the show done. Yep. Let me just do a quick check to make sure there hasn't been any more Scooby-Doo, Scooby-Doo mo- new, Scooby-Doo news. Scooby-Doo news. Yabba-dabba-doo. Because today is Scooby-Doo's 50th birthday, and we have to make sure we have all of the news we can. For I'm, re- I'm, loving, this hi- uh, I'm loving this headline of former Canada's Wonderland icon, Scooby-Doo turns 50. <laughs> Shoutouts to Canada's Wonderland. Yeah, not really any news. Nope. Anything else? Um, no, let's start doing our closing stuff. You can find our show, most importantly, on Patreon.com. That's Patreon.com slash Kids and Their Dog, where you can give us a dollar to get a shout out on the show. Like Charlie. Thanks, Charlie. Thank you, Charlie. Like Crash. Thanks, Crash. Thank you, Crash. Like James. Thank you, James. Thanks, James. Like Tanner. Thank you, Tanner. Thank you, Tanner. And Tess. Thank you, Tess. Thank you, Tess. 
And those are our patrons. And they got a shout out for giving us $1 a month. Yay. You can give us more than a dollar a month if you'd like. If you give us $5 a month, you'll get bonus episodes, like the most recent bonus episode, where Lava and I talked about Pokemon Masters and made Pokemon teams both of and for mystery-solving teams. Very important was that we figured out what Scooby would be as a Pokemon. Which, to be fair, I do think we talked about it on this show at some point, too. But who knows? Or maybe we talked about that in the other bonus episode that's on Patreon for anyone of any level. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't we talked about it at some point. Yep. Um, And also, if you give us $35 or more per month, I will print a CD of some episodes of this show and mail it to you. <laughs> um. Also, if you, to collectively, as patrons of our show, get us up to $50 a month, we will start doing more episodes of bonus stuff about, like, actual of the shows. You know, like the shows that we talked about how this one was like mm-hmm. with the old music and the old voice actors. We'll watch those, too, and talk about those. I think we were, we were going to start with uh, the 13 Ghosts. Yes. We got to that. Mm-hmm. And it would culminate in a episode about the 13 Ghost movie. Which, otherwise, we'll just get to when we get to it. Mm-hmm. At $100 a month, collectively, we would do Kids and Their Dice, a monthly actual play bonus podcast. Which could be fun. I have ide- I have a lot of ideas about that, actually, <laughs> in particular. And it'll never come up unless you You're give us some money. money. <laughs> uh, what else? What else? What else? Oh! Um, Speaking of things you can do to interact with this show to get bonus stuff, um, and speaking about the bonus audio commentary that was on the DVD version of this film, we do have a set of four DVDs that we are still technically doing a giveaway for. We just need people to leave reviews and send them to us. Last last check I did was three. I may have forgotten all of the ones that didn't come through on iTunes, because iTunes is the only way I can easily check. But again... I'll accept anywhere, just as long as you let us know about it. But we're still missing two of those before I roll a die and send it to someone. So four DVD set featuring Ghoul School... I see... Reluctant Werewolf, I think? I see four reviews. Four reviews? Oh, no, I see four ratings. Whoops. Four ratings is different. Yeah. Um, we appreciate ratings too. I just I can't say I can't tell who you are when you only leave a rating. Yep. But yeah, uh, the DVD set that would be given away. I believe it has Reluctant Werewolf and Ghoul School, as well as Monster of Mexico, which would be the sequel to this movie, and the Goblin King, which is currently our plan for next month. Ooh. Happy Halloween. Ooh. Um. But yeah, that's still going. Um, otherwise, you can find the show on Twitter at Kids and Their Dog. You can go to our technically archive site, kidsandtheirdog.wordpress.com. It's just an archive, but it's a good archive. It's got good stuff there, mm-hmm. which is to say everything else that we've done. <laughs> All of the other episodes that you may have listened to already, or I don't know, maybe you haven't. Maybe you should go back and listen to them. Mm-hmm. I know I should. 
Yeah, I started to, and then I didn't continue. I need to, so I know why we didn't do a certain thing. Okay. But I'll get to that when we're not talking on a recording. Okay. Let's see, what else we got? Uh, Yeah, just, you know, hang out with us on Twitter. Tell your friends, tell your mom. (laughs) I'm losing it. I don't know why I'm losing it, but I'm losing it. So let's get out of here quick. Yeah. Tell them where you can be found. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at LavaBeast, L-A-V-A-B-E-E-S. I don't really do much on it, but I'm there. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You can find me on Twitter at MadLobotanist. That's (laughs) M-A-D-L-O-B-O-T-A-N-I-S-T. I tweet more regularly than Lava does. And I tweet about other things I do, like video games. I make them. You go to Mad Levotinus, spelled the same way, I'm not going to say it fast again, <laughs> .itch.io. Um, I put out a demo for a game I'm working on that's Pokemon Snap. It's just Pokemon Snap. I'm not, I'm not going to beat around the bush anymore. It's Pokemon Snap. <laughs> um, I also do other podcasts, like um, Prepod Engage, where me and friend of the show, Charlie, talk about Pretty Cure and Ben 10 and Teen Wolf hmm. and Danny Phantom. Hmm. It's a mess. <laughs> um, I also do Hey, Let's Talk cast where Charlie and I and also Crash, other friend of the show, we talk about stuff. There's an episode of Sonic the Hedgehog stuff that we recorded one half of and that one half is three hours long. Oh my god. We still haven't recorded the second half. I don't know when it's going to be recorded, so I don't even know when it's going to be released. (laughs) But it happens sometimes. And that's all I can promise you. Um, That's that. Am I missing anything? I don't think you are. I don't think we are. Alright, well now that we're at the end of our episode, I'm going to mention what's at the end of the commentary for Legend of the Vampire. It is Fred talking to Shaggy and Scooby, and he says, You really don't think I should get a tattoo? (laughs) (laughs) So until next month, where we will be watching The Goblin King, they would have gotten away with it too. If it weren't for us meddling kids. Yeah.